welcome to the very first episode of Tales of Fairy Tales. I'm your storyteller, Bonnie. Today, we'll be hearing a Norwegian tale called The Master Thief. Some things have been changed from the original tale, just to keep things fun and family-friendly. Now, let's get to the story of The Master Thief. Once upon a time, there was a poor widower with three sons. He had no money for them and no trade to teach them, so he told them, All right, sons, go out there, find a job that you like, and make yourself some money. So, with that, the brothers started out their journey together. But when they came to a place where three roads met, each took their own path. What became of the two elder brothers, I don't know. But the youngest, well, this was just the beginning of a very wild journey. One night, as the boy was traveling through a great wood, a terrible storm came on. As he ran through the wood looking for some shelter, he found a large house. Well, what's the worst that could happen, he muttered to himself. Not even bothering to knock, he went into the house, slamming closed the door behind him. What? Who's there? An old lady yelled in surprise. Sorry, but the weather's terrible out there. Can I sleep here for the night? That's not a good idea, boy, the old woman said nervously. If the people who own this house come back and find you here, it won't be safe for you. Who owns this house? Robbers, thieves, and scoundrels of terrible repute. The boy considered this, but after another ground-trembling thunderclap, he thought he'd take his chances. Just as the old woman had said, the thieves returned, and they were not happy to see him. Do you have any money? Um, the boy looked down at his patched and frayed clothes and holy shoes. Maybe? It was then that the thieves began to discuss his death. To curb this line of thinking, however, the boy offered his services as a manservant. You, a thief scoffed, do you fancy stealing then? My father told me to get any job I want, so why not? This boy, laughed another, he wouldn't be able to steal an apple off a tree. The boy shrugged, it can't be that hard to learn. Well then, another thief said, grabbing a shoe with a silver buckle and tossing it to the boy. There's a man with three oxen, he's taking one to sell it. Steal it from him without him knowing, and without harming him, using only this shoe. With a fierce determination of self-preservation, the boy went out, the laughter of the thieves behind him. The boy made a plan to steal the ox very quickly. He put the shoe on the road leading into the city, knowing the man and his ox must go that way. And so he did. The man was leading his ox along by a rope, and soon noticed the shoe. That's a nice shoe, the man said to himself, but it's worthless without its mate. So he left it there and continued on. Coming out from his hiding spot, the boy grabbed the shoe, and using a shortcut through the woods, got ahead of the man. Again, he put the shoe on the road, and again, the man saw it. Is that? Why, yes, that's the mate to the shoe I saw before. He picked it up and groaned at himself. Why did I leave the first shoe there? I should have picked it up. Well, there's no helping it, I suppose. He walked to the side of the road and tied the ox's rope to a tree. I'll just have to walk back and get it. So, that's just what he did, much to the delight of the boy. Once the man was out of sight, he ran to the ox, untied it, and took it away back to the house of thieves. One ox, as requested, the boy said with a grin. Pretty simple, if I do say so myself. Simple, eh? repeated a thief. Then you can steal the man's second ox just as easily? Another thief scoffed with a laugh. If he can do that, he can join our ranks and not be our servant. That won't be too difficult, the boy said. Before he left the house, he grabbed some rope and a realistic dummy. Why the thieves had a dummy stashed with their loot, I have no idea. The boy tied the rope to the dummy and hung it over a tree next to the road the man and his ox would have to take. Upon seeing the dummy, the man thought it was a dead body in a tree. He felt sad when he saw it and wished the spirit of the dead man well and continued to walk on. Once the man was out of sight, the boy quickly got down the dummy, took a shortcut, and put the dummy up in another tree. 
By everything good, another one, the man exclaimed. Is it really a man or a hobgoblin? A chill ran down his spine. I must get a move on. And so the pattern continued. The dummy was moved to a new tree, and the boy hid himself, just as the man and his ox came along the road. Oh, no, 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 not another one. Is this the evidence of witchcraft? He took his ox to the side of the road and tied its rope to a tree. If the other two are still there, then I'll know it can't be anything but witchcraft. He ran back up the road to search for the other two bodies. As for the boy, he took down the dummy and untied the ox and once again returned to the thieves' house. I'm back, called the boy as he walked in. As I said, it wasn't that difficult. Hmm, said a thief. Well, now you're one of us, but the man does have one more ox. Do you think you can steal this one as well? If you want, the boy said with an unconcerned shrug. There's no way, another thief shouted. There's no way he steals that third ox. If he can do that, then he can become the master of us thieves. Well, that escalated quickly. Sure that stealing this ox would be the easiest of them all, the boy didn't take anything from the house. He hid himself in the woods next to the road and waited. Soon enough, the man and his ox came down the road. The boy began to bellow loudly, sounding just like a gray ox. Could it? Could it be? The man exclaimed, hardly believing his luck. One of my oxes must have made his way back to me. He tied up his last ox and entered the woods to search for it. Meanwhile, the boy, for the last time, took the ox and returned to the thieves, much to their dismay. A boy, they scoffed. A boy, the master of the thieves. As for the boy, he laughed at their grumblings. In the end, however, the thieves decided to leave the boy and go and do a job on their own. This was just fine for the youth. He took the rest of their horses, loading all their loot onto them, and dressed himself in noble finery. Then he untied the three oxen and drove them out onto the road. They ran home, back to their owner, much to his surprise and delight. As the boy mounted a horse, he told the old woman, Thank the thieves for me, and tell them not to follow me, or I'll come back and steal from them. With that he rode away, never to return. After riding for quite a while, the surroundings became more familiar as he got closer to home. His father, not recognizing the great man riding up to his house, ran out, falling to the ground. Can I get a room to sleep here? The youth asked. A place such as this is not fine enough for a great man such as you. Hardly containing his grin, he said, you're going to refuse entry to your own son. The father looked up, his eyes wide. Is it truly? What job did you take to make you so rich in so short a time? Well, you said to take any job I wanted, so I apprenticed with some thieves and have become the master thief. Slowly standing, the father looked at his son, then at the horses loaded down with loot, and then back at his son. That wasn't what I meant, but I guess I can't argue with the results. A little ways away from the boy and his father's house, there lived the governor of the province. The governor was rich in both money and property, and had a beautiful, dainty, good, wise, awesome, amazing, interesting, I am running out of adjectives. Suffices to say that the governor had a daughter who was all that and a bag of chips, with the chips in the bag, and the master thief was determined to have her as his wife. Father, the master thief said, I want you to go over to the governor's and ask him for his daughter's hand for me. You must be crazy if you think I'm going to do that, the father replied. Besides, I don't think that's really my job. After some heated discussion, the father finally went to the governor and told him the tale. Now my youngest son wants your daughter's hand in marriage. What job does your son have? The governor asked. He's the master thief, sir. The governor scoffed. 
the master thief, he laughed. At least I can get a laugh out of this. You tell your son if he can prove that he's the master thief by stealing the Sunday roast off the spit while we're all watching it, he can marry my daughter. The father returned to the son with the news, much to the son's delight. I'll be married soon then with a simple task like that. So he got to work. He caught three live rabbits and put them in a bag. Then he dressed himself in old rags so he looked like a beggar. From there, he made his way to an alley. This alley was filled with other beggars who were waiting and was conveniently right by the kitchen's open back door. In the kitchen, many people, including the governor himself, stood around, keeping watch over the roast. Without being noticed, the master thief let one of the rabbits out of the bag. Look, a rabbit got into the kitchen, the people said. Let's catch it. Leave it alone, the governor commanded. It's probably just an old thing. Soon enough, the boy let out a second rabbit. There it is again, the people said, thinking it was the same rabbit. And again, they wanted to catch it, but the governor told them to leave it. Then finally, the third rabbit was released, and finally the governor said, that is an impressive rabbit. So they all went to try to catch it. Taking advantage of this, the master thief entered the kitchen, stole the roast, and quietly made off with it. Later that day, a priest came to see the governor, and upon hearing of the master thief's tricks, mocked him. I would never be made to look like such a fool by someone like that. This greatly annoyed the governor, but he got his revenge by using the master thief. When the thief came along, wanting the governor's daughter as promised, the governor said, Not yet. You still need to prove your skills. Couldn't you pull off a really good trick on the priest? Um, I guess. Why? He's sitting in my house, mocking me, calling me a fool for falling for your trick. Ah, I see, the master thief said. Well, that won't be hard to do. Using a white sheet and some feathers, he created a costume for himself and climbed a great maple tree that was in the priest's garden. Upon returning home, the priest heard someone calling his name. Following the sound, he found a winged man dressed in white in his tree. Who are you? I am an angel, the thief lied, sent to tell you that because of your goodness, you're to be taken alive into heaven. Oh, blessed be me, the priest exclaimed. When is this glorious event to take place? Tomorrow night, but first you must place all your gold, silver, and fine clothing in your front room so that it may be given to the poor of the earth. Oh, thank you, the priest praised as he fell to his knees and put his face in his palms. When he looked up again, the angel was gone. The next night came, and the master thief came again as an angel. The priest came out to the tree and fell to his knees. With that perfect opportunity, the master thief pulled out a sack and put him in it. If the thief was to think back on this, he'd probably admit that this was the most difficult part of the whole thing. That priest was heavy. Eventually, though, he flung the bag and its contents into the governor's goose house. The next morning, when the goose girl came into the house, she discovered her geese pecking and hissing at a big sack, which was emanating loud groans and grunts. Shooing away the geese, she opened the bag, and the very rumpled and disgruntled priest fell out. Where am I? The geese house, sir. That master thief, this is his doing. My gold, my silver, my fine clothes. Then he ran off so wild and enraged that the girl thought he'd gone mad. Now when the governor heard this story, he laughed till he was blue in the face. However, when the master thief came asking for his daughter's hand in marriage, his laughter turned to chagrin, for he was still not going to keep his promise. You need to give me one more proof of your skill. With that, I'll really be able to judge your worth. Seriously? The master thief exclaimed, you... He sighed, all right, what this time? I have 12 horses in my stable. 
and I will put a stable boy on each one. If you're clever enough to steal the horses right out from under them, then we'll talk. I can do that, the thief said. I just hope I can get your daughter when I'm done. So he went to a well and filled up two small water bottles. In one of the bottles, he added a sleeping potion. He then obtained the ragged gown of an old pauper woman, a worn black cloak, and a wooden staff. That evening, just as the stable boys were feeding the horses for the night, an old woman hobbled into the stable. What are you doing here, woman? One of the boys asked. It's a cold, cold night, the woman said with a fierce shiver, cold enough to freeze this old body stiff. I was just hoping to stay in here where it's warmer. I don't know if that's a good idea. What would the governor think? Ah, she can't do any harm. She's just a poor old thing. As the stable boys discussed and debated on whether or not to let her stay, the woman slowly made her way further and further into the stable until finally no one cared enough to kick her out, so silence filled the stable. The night wore on, and as the hours passed, the stable boys found it very thirsty work to sit for hours on horseback. Did anyone bring any water? One boy asked. The rest shook their heads. Ugh, I'm so thirsty I hardly have any spit in my mouth. Yes, I'm so thirsty I fear there's dust in my mouth. They all agreed that they'd do anything for a drink. It was then that they heard the sound of a bottle lid unscrewing. They turned and saw the old woman drinking from a small bottle. What's that you've got there, old woman? Just a small bottle of water. Let me have some. Give it to me, the stable boys all shouted. But I have so little, the old woman said. Just a drop is all we ask. So the woman, unnoticed by the boys, handed them a second bottle she had had hidden in her cloak. From the first to the twelfth, all took a drink, and the first one was already asleep before the last had finished drinking. With all the boys asleep, the master thief flung off his disguise and moved the stable boys off the horses. He tied the horses' reins together and then led them out into the night. The next morning, the governor went to the stables just as the boys were waking up. You didn't keep watch, he yelled, his face red. You let the master thief steal the horses right out from under you. Later that day, once again, the master thief came to see the governor. You say you're the master thief, the governor said, but do you think you can steal my horse while I'm out riding on it? I'd do that if I could be certain that I'd get your daughter afterwards, the thief replied. I'll see what I can do. So, the master thief said about his plan. He found out when the governor would be riding out to the barracks where they trained the soldiers. Then he got a hold of an old, tired horse and a shabby, nearly broken down cart. From there, he dressed in rags and covered himself with dirt and soot and put on a wig and beard. No one would be able to recognize him. Now, to steal the governor's horse. The master thief sat hunched over in the cart as the horse slowly lurched down the road. Completely convinced that this old man could not be the master thief, the governor rode right up to him and asked, Have you seen anyone hiding in the woods, old man? No, the old man croaked. I can't say I have, sir. Hmm, he's got to be here somewhere, but I dare not go into the woods myself. He could very easily ambush me, the governor muttered to himself. Then he looked at the old man again and smiled. Listen, will you ride into that wood and search it carefully to see if someone is hiding in there? I will pay you handsomely for it. He then looked at the very old and very weary horse the man was using. You can use my horse. Will you look after my cart and my horse, the old man asked. They're all I have left in this world. I will do my very best. So the old man got off the governor's horse and the governor sat in the man's cart. Time passed. A lot of time. Finally, the governor grew tired of waiting and set off towards home. He hadn't gotten very far, the old horse being the main cause of this, when one of his servants met him, bringing him his horse. 
the master thief had taken it back with directions of where to find the governor. The next morning, the master thief went to the governor, wanting him to keep his promise and give him his daughter. But once again, the governor put him off and wanted another proof of his skill. This should be good, the thief sighed. What is it this time? This you may find to be a challenge. Can you steal this sheet off my bed? The governor asked. That's no challenge. I just wish getting your daughter was as easy. Late that night, equipped with the dummy that had served him so well before, and a long ladder, the master thief made his way to the governor's bedroom window. Climbing the ladder, he put the dummy above him, moving its head so that it looked like it was peering through the window. There's the master thief, the governor whispered to his wife. Now he'll get what he deserves. No man makes me look like a fool and lives. He grabbed his gun and took aim. No, you mustn't do that, his wife whispered back. They will know it was you. But the governor wasn't thinking clearly and fired. The dead body fell with a thud and the master thief climbed down so quickly and quietly the governor never knew he was there. Now what, the governor's wife cried, the moment the body is found they will know it was you and you will be convicted. You're right, the best thing I can do is to go and bury the body, then no one will ever know. The governor got up and left. As soon as he left the house, the master thief came in and made his way up to the bedroom. Are you done already? The governor's wife asked when he came in. No, the thief replied, mimicking the governor's voice with sheer perfection. I came back for the sheet to cover the body. So she gave him the sheet. Sometime later, the real governor returned. Don't worry, he said, all is well. He then saw the bed. Where's the sheet? You asked for it to cover the body, don't you remember? The governor's eyes grew wide. It can't be. I don't believe it. He's gotten the better of me again. Daylight came, and so did the master thief, once again asking for the governor's daughter for marriage. This time, however, the governor complied. He dared not do otherwise. He was terrified what the master thief might steal next. The end. I thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed the fairy tale. Come and listen next time for the next fairy tale on the Tales of Fairy Tales.